Welcome back to the How Podcast 101. I am your co-host, Jake Roberts, joined alongside... Other co-host, Lucas Mitchell, and we've got a great day for you today. We have Coach Simmons coming up in a interview here in oh, a, yeah, a little bit. Oh yeah, it's going to be fantastic. In fact, he will be in the FBC House Studios in a matter of minutes. Yes. It's and very exciting. So, also, we have our email. We haven't done this in a while. Well, we also kind of forgot about um, our engineer, Noah Riley. How you doing, Noah? Oh Good. Oh gosh. Back yeah, from, you haven't done this in yeah, forever. it's okay. It's been it's been it's been a month, but we're back. We'll be back for quite a while. You yep. don't need to worry about us going anywhere. So go ahead, Lucas. All right, yeah. So um, we're back, and so you guys can look at our email howpodcast101 at outlook.com, and you can visit our website how101.com where you can buy merch. No, no, no. Wow, we are really rusty. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is some. <laughs> we're peeling some rust off. Uh, the... Merch, you can donate. And give us your money. Let's go. Okay. Um, sponsors, Hannah's Cafe and Market, Don's Smokehouse, FBC House Studios. Thank you for the fantastic studios. And Medford Chiropractic and Family Wellness in Denton, Texas. Yes. Um, yeah, well, we kind of wanted to keep the intro segment short and sweet. So we've got Coach Simmons coming up. And then after that, we are going to be heading down to the How Bulldogs Media Day. Mm-hmm. And we will be asking some players some questions, and um, we'll figure some stuff out. And I guess we'll have Coach Simmons right after this. And make sure you guys... Um, oh, or not. Okay. My, sorry. Go ahead. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, okay. and hit the notification button, and also comment. So, sharing also. Yeah. I'm not really seeing that much of a sharing, so I think you guys need to... Well, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um... If you haven't already, that reaction video, you, can you put like one of those like cards up up top? I don't think I can do that. It's I think like you can. Whatever. Some weird I don't know, but like that reaction video that Lucas made was actually really good. So if if you do yeah, enjoy that good. type of stuff, you should go listen to that. And it also, it is funny. Noah, um, did you watch the How News 101 and did you cringe out? I haven't watched it. Oh, wait, the actual video? The video, yeah. Oh yeah. I did you almost die? Almost. Okay. Yeah, so one more thing. We might pull some cringe audio from that. Not yeah. sure or not. We have a hefty one more thing to say the least. So um, Coach Simmons is coming up, but um, we'll do it right after a word from our sponsor. We'll do it right for this. Hey, Lucas, who's your favorite chiropractor? Rachel Medford, of course. Medford Chiropractic has the best chiropractic service in Texas, but they also have the best massages and more. They have massages? Yeah, and they are awesome. Yeah, you can find them more information on MedfordChiroTX.com. That's MedfordChiroTX.com. Medford Chiropractic and Family Wellness at 2412 Old North Road. 940-535-7067. That is their phone number. And Dr. Rachel Medford, awesome personality, and she's a great person. Don's Smokehouse is one of the best fresh butcher shops in Texas. But it's not just a butcher shop. It's home of the best jerky around and the famous Great Wall of Jerky, where you will find 17 different kinds of jerky, including bear, buffalo, elk, venison, turkey, and of course, beef and more. We are open Tuesdays through Saturdays from 10 to 6. Don's Smokehouse is located in downtown Howe at 111 East Hanning Street. Come on down for a free sample and experience the Great Wall of Jerky. Don's Smokehouse, the best jerky around. the how podcast 101 i'm your co-host jake roberts and i am joined alongside uh other co-host lucas mitchell and we're joined alongside our engineer noah riley and we have a special guest 
Coach Steve Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor for you to be on our show. It's an honor to be here. Um, I, I guess we'll start with this. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and I know, I know this could go on forever, but mainly your childhood, where you grew up, and um, stuff like that. I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, because my dad was in the Navy. After uh, about a year and a half, we moved back to their hometown, Griffin, Georgia, where they grew up. <clears throat> and uh, we lived there until I was five and moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where I started kindergarten. And I attended that school and the church across the street in that neighborhood until I was uh, 13 at the end of my seventh grade year. And at the age of 13, going mm -hmm. to eighth grade, my dad surrendered to preach. He was formerly mm -hmm. a law enforcement officer and a security guard at the General Motors in Atlanta, Georgia. So at the age of 13, he surrendered to preach and we moved from our home in Atlanta, Georgia and his really good job, he gave everything up. I mean, it's like Andrew and, and Peter. He just dropped the fishing nets and followed the Lord. And we went out to Fort Worth, Texas and moved into a little duplex. And um, he went started his seminary training. I attended eighth grade in Fort Worth. What was that like, just suddenly picking up and moving? That was a <clears throat> when I first heard about the move from uh, Georgia to Texas, Growing up in Georgia, as a young boy in the 60s, mm -hmm. cowboy movies were very big. Yeah. <laughs> and we had a boy move from Texas to our school when I was about third grade. Mm -hmm. And we were all asking him, did they wear cowboy boots? Did they wear cowboy hats? And we were fired up because he was from Texas. And that was what yeah. was in our mind. Not to mention the Dallas Cowboys started in about 63. Mm -hmm. and that. They had bottle tops and everybody wanted a Dallas Cowboy. The kids in Georgia, Cowboys were big to us. So America when I heard we were gonna move to Fort Worth, I wanted to get a some Cowboy boots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't wait, cause I figured everybody in Texas wore boots and hats. And <clears throat> so I went and got some Cowboy boots and I went to a junior high in Fort Worth, which is a very large junior mm -hmm. high. And I bet you I was the only student <laughs> in 1968 wearing a pair of cowboy boots at Fort Worth. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be uncommon to see that in how, but... And that was the age of the generational cultural change. and <clears throat> Boys were growing long hair. Girls were wearing mini skirts. Bell-bottom breeches. And I walk in and I got cowboy boots and I got <laughs> Jethro Bodine high-top pants, straight leg pants, and dressing like it's 1963. <laughs> Short hair, they got long hair, some long and scraggly. <laughs> I walk in that school and it just wasn't very good. So I begged my parents to get some more shoes. <laughs> that led to another story. I picked out some high top green suede shoes. I don't know what got over me when I did that. And when I wore those things to school, it was worse. Oh my goodness. And you can imagine I didn't even have bell bottoms to cover them up. They stood out and I stood out and it was too much. And so I knew I couldn't ask my parents for a new pair of shoes. So every day I'd walk home about, it was over a mile walk to my house. And I'd find the roughest terrain. And that was a lot of rough terrain. Rocks, railroad tracks, grass burrs. 
kicking horny toads and <laughs> whatever, <laughs> rocks. Those are the toughest pair of shoes ever made. When did you start uh, teaching at How? I, uh, I started teaching in Howe in 1987. 1987? So it's been 13, what, what is the math? Uh, 34 years? I, I was... 35? Oh, three, oh, I don't know. That I've been in hell? Yeah. That's 34. 34, there you go. <clears throat> that is a long time. Um, long. See, counting all those exercises, it helps your math. That, that's why I did all that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we do know that you're in the Marine Corps, or you were in the Ma Marine Corps. So how does this influence the way you teach some of the kids? When I came to Hal, I was uh, finishing up my reserve service in the Marine Corps. So I came to Howe, I was a seasoned teacher, seasoned coach, you know, I had played sports and football and stuff, and the way my parents raised me, and then the military, the Marine Corps, it all blended in. Yeah. And, and shaping what became, to me, a personal phenomenon, I hope for others too. And, uh, but when I, when I did kindergarten, the lowest grade I'd ever taught <clears throat> was, uh, let's see, it was sixth, fifth, fourth graders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One year at Chillicothe, I had fourth, fifth, and sixth grade science and PE. It was divided. Hmm. Had on that one year. So when I came down to elementary and how, it was K through five. Mm. And uh, I'd already been, I visited with the <clears throat> elementary coach at Salina, where I was coming from. And I remember when I was went all down the line with the fifth, fourth, third, second. Got a little tougher, lower you go, they get more active, they need more instruction, they need more guidance. So we went over first grade in general quite a bit. And I looked at her and I said, well, Kathy, kindergarten's not first grade, isn't it? And she went. <laughs> I said, don't do that. I said, it can't be that much difference. And she goes, no. And I worried about that. Well, my first day, <clears throat> excuse me, first day at school, I had fifth grade, fourth grade, and third grade before lunch. And sure enough, fifth and fourth were pretty smooth. Fourth got a little bit rougher because they're a little bit more antsier. And, yeah. and I'm still trying to get everything together. Mm -hmm. And I'm putting them in lines and putting them in alphabetical order and then going over <laughs> the rules and stuff. Well, I went from third grade to kindergarten. Oh, no. 12 o'clock oh, high. 12 o'clock high. Right after lunch, thank goodness I had a lunch before that. <laughs> and I'm walking down the hallway and I keep seeing that coach of Salina going, you know, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. But when I got to the door, that door came flying open and all the kindergarten teachers come out of the, they took them down to the, at that time it was two classrooms. Yeah. Not, mm -hmm. We didn't have our little gym. <clears throat> And they came out of that door, and the last one out said, they're all yours, coach. <laughs> and I'm, I stepped in there, and it was wall-to-wall -wall little bull puppies. <laughs> tails wagging, barking. They were all over the place. They weren't in no lines, nothing. They were just everywhere, jumping and playing. And it was like somebody drew a line right in the middle of the room, and on this side were the girls, and this side were the boys. I walked in on the boys' end. <laughs> It was a good idea. They needed more attention. <laughs> the girls seemed to be, I could see them, the hair bouncing up and down. They were <laughs> jumping up and down, but the boys were, 
they were rowdy, and I had to break up a fight. And I put them by the oh my gosh. And said, you're going to the office. I started grabbing them. You're going to the office, and you're going to the office, and you're going to the office. And I don't know how I got them in line that day. I don't know what happened. But when I drove off, I said, I won't do this no more. <laughs> I said, I will not. I said, I may be back in Howe next year, but I will not be in elementary. <laughs> how about that? Wow. So what what changed? And this is the best part about it. And this is where my Marine influence mm-hmm. comes in. Yeah. <clears throat> my first kindergarten class is very unique. Mm-hmm. They earned the title Thunder Division for, for a reason. Mm-hmm. They were... They had the most dynamic personalities. They were, they were aggressive kids. Not, <laughs> they were very uh, colorful, cheerful. They laugh, but they, they were like little crawdads in a bucket sometimes. And I finally found a game, and I put them in a circle, and it's a game that all my kids played called Colors, and that's the year I found it. If I call their color out, they're supposed to get up and run around the circle back to their spot mm-hmm. without touching, without tackling, without running out the door, without, you know, <laughs> back to your spot. And uh, <clears throat> I got that game going, and that's when the moment happened, the moment of magic at Howe, Texas. They were sitting in a circle. We've been playing that game for several days, if not several weeks. Because at least I had a way to come in and get in that circle. And I could get them under control. And I had about around 80 kindergartners. And I didn't have an aide that year either. I was by myself. So I wanted to get somewhere. I got them set. Mm-hmm. Well, that one moment came. And I noticed, hey, they're all sitting still. <laughs> and I said, uh, and everything, I give the credit to the Lord for bringing me to hell. I give the glory to God for speaking through me at that moment. And I said, you know, coach, I said, coach is, I was still in the reserve, so I said, coach is a soldier. But see, for this group, that's like throwing a little dog bone out in front of little puppies. (laughs) They're like a soldier, you know, they're looking, they're listening. (laughs) Because I'm what you call a Marine. And in the Marines, we have boot camp where they teach us how to be a Marine. They teach us about discipline. Can you say discipline? I said, and they go, discipline. I said, uh, <clears throat> when coaches in boot camp, they taught us, and they said, attention. We stand at attention, straight. We do not move because we have to have, and they caught on, they go, discipline. And I could see their little eyes behind me, around me, I was surrounded. But they were all connected. They liked a soldier story. So I said, and this is a true story. And I said, one day, a big, big horse fly, which might have looked like a dragon to them at that time, <laughs> landed right here on Coach's face. I remember but that. I did not, I told y'all all this story, but I didn't move because I had, and they go, discipline. And I said, uh, but that horse fly started to bite Coach. And it hurt, but I didn't move because I had discipline. I said, and this one, I got the third division. And that's when a little drop of blood came down my face. And they really looked. <laughs> and I said, but I didn't move. I had discipline. And I said, okay, what coach is going to do, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I'm going to say the word discipline, and I'm going to see which bulldog sits up the straightest, 
with our hands on our knees looking at coach. And I went, one, two, three, <laughs> discipline. And they went, <laughs> yep. And I said, I got him. <laughs> Finally. And after broke that, them. that led to another Marine tradition. At the end of boot camp, we pick an honor man. Mm -hmm. so that's when I told them, when I see y'all walk down that, because I was by myself, and they got there at the other end of the hall. Yeah. I, I, that line gets long, and they get out of line and start, and I'm way down here. They're way down there. So I was trying to think of a way to keep them in line. I said, whoever walks down their line straight is going back to class. Tomorrow I'm going to tell you who they are, and they're going to get, they're going to be my honor student. And they're going to sit on the mats during milk break time watching the TV. <laughs> mm hmm they're going to get to sit on there was a cabinet with these the mats y'all used to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're going to get to sit on the mats. That was Mount Olympus. And uh, so I started giving them H's. And they started walking straight. They did that. They invented the H walk. I didn't tell them to walk straight. I said walk in a, like a straight line. But they interpreted it as hands to the side, maybe when I talked about being in attention. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, that's great. Keep them hands right there. Go all the way down that hole. <laughs> And I started giving the H's, so I mean, and then the, the first year also, my first third grade class, which was my hammer division, uh, that was the first group that I taught the motivation chant to. Just one day on the tennis court, had them in their lines, mm -hmm. and I told them about the motivation chant, and I said, uh, they always got a kick because they were the, f the first group I taught, and I told them to say, sir, we're highly motivated. But after that, I taught everybody to say, coach, we're highly motivated. And of course they did too, but they remembered. Yeah. And uh, I taught them to chant first. And as the year went on, I taught every division that chant. Mm -hmm. And we went to the, uh, we had an all school meeting at the end of school. And Mr. Simmons, our superintendent, I went over to him and I said, Miss Borland, our principal, I said, she wanted us to, uh, she said she wanted it to be lively today. It's an academic pep rally, but you want it to be like an athletic pep rally. Do you want us to do our chant? He said, is that that thing I hear you out? They're doing it on the tennis court? And I said, yeah. He said, yeah, I'll give you the, I want you to do it. And he gave me the, the go ahead and I turned around to the elementary K through five and I went, are y'all motivated? And it was history. <laughs> they did it, they rocked and I heard about that thing. Still hear about it, you know. The motivation chant. So I mean, yeah, I have a shirt with that on the back. I do too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone has that shirt. Um, right. Brains definitely influenced. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so you had 36 divisions, right? Right. So is there a particular one that you really enjoyed coaching, or were they all equal? <clears throat> That's like asking a proud father mm -hmm. of 36 children. <laughs> Which one do you love the most? <laughs> now, the okay. Flame Division will tell you it's them, but I love them. All of them. I love every every division I love equal. Well, every and there's a reason they had that name. But they're different. They're all different. They are all unique because the people in them are different. And when you bring them all together, it creates a different, different atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And that leads to... The names, which I think that's uh, how you come up with the names for the divisions. Yeah. Th that's the next question. Yeah. Well, sometimes they genuinely give me the name. Mm -hmm. We had a, a wedding between uh, <clears throat> Nick Wilson 
and uh, Foster. <laughs> My, uh, uh, I'm lost for words. I was at the wedding, and uh, but there's Dylan Foster, Dylan Dax Foster, Foster there's and Darcy. Darcy Foster. Darcy and Nick got married. Well, they were both in the Banner Division. Yeah. So a lot of Banner Division kids are there. Yeah. Among others. So I was telling them that uh, I named that they earned that name Banner Division yeah. because of the way they their cooperation, the way they worked together, mm -hmm. and they had that personality all the way through school. And they did a lot of achievements when they got to high school as that group went through. There was a lot of trophies that got added to our trophy case. They were Banner Division. And uh, and I gave a Thunder Division. I told you they earned that one, baby. They were Thunder. And <laughs> the first group I named was my son's class. He's the senior class in 1999. And I named, uh, he, that was the first class I was with when I got the idea of naming it. I wanted them, I kept saying, y'all are quick. Y'all are my lightning bolts. You're my light, you're like lightning. And I, and I realized the first year I was at Hale and when things started really coming together, what an influence and impact I could have. And I said, I want to direct them to that middle school, high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To try to discipline them, conform them now. Put that pride in them now. So when they get up there, they really achieve. They really come together. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I worked on year after year. And I was calling them my lightning bolts. And I said, you know, this is it. This is their trait. They're quick. And they really were quick. Is that how you come up with all of the names for everyone? You just get a little bit of inspiration from the start, and you just name them that? Yes. I mean, I'll get an inspiration. <clears throat> and they became lightning division. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I may have a name picked out that's a really good name and then I wait to see which group I can put that name ah, in. Okay. and that would be I think a turbo division I already had that name in my mind Yeah. and Luke and Ethan Lopez those are turbo twins boy when they were little they were charged up and I say yeah. you're highly charged bulldog power <laughs> so it just fit the whole class and stompers I told you I was going to tell you your story about stomper division yeah well, y'all started kindergarten, and we'd go out on the playground, and you only got those wood chips. Yeah. <laughs> that wood chip base. And uh, I, I did a motivation chant with y'all, and y'all go, how bulldogs, and you'd raise that foot, and you'd bring it down, and those wood chips would actually vibrate. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. And that stomping stomper just stomp your way to the top. You know, yeah. There. And then came that we're romping, stomping, hard charging bulldogs. Oh my goodness, that fit y'all. That fit y'all. And uh, when y'all were about fourth grade, uh, Jesse Stoneburn, he said, because uh, his uh, grandson is in that class, Jacob Campbell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said, we're looking at y'all's pile or y'all's banner, mm -hmm. and. Uh, he said, well, coach, you name them right. That's what they are. They, they're stompers. They've stomped everybody they've played, you know, <laughs> in Little League football that year. Yeah. So that's my head in mind. Stomp that competition and stomp your way to the top. Yeah. And that's another Marine Corps thing. Mm -hmm. 
were romping, stomping. We did that in boot camp too. We're romping, stomping, highly charged bulldog uh, marines, mm-hmm. romping, stomping, hard charging marine corps. Y'all did the same thing, but y'all did you know stomp yeah. dogs. That's really cool. So, um, how has your life changed after retirement? I don't think it's changed a lot. Uh, obviously, not getting up and going to coaching, not mm-hmm. getting, being fit into a system. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a type of person where I'm in a system. I, I do real well in a system. Be here, be at work, be on time, and be productive. Boom, boom, boom. When you retire, you're on your own system. Yeah. So I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, right? Negative. Yeah. I think I'm going to sleep a little later. I got to get this done by Wednesday, right? Negative. I'll put it off to me. So you understand you got to start bringing yourself into a self-discipline mm-hmm. mode to two things. And I like... I was really planning on getting really back involved with a school in March of 2020. Mm. And what happened in March of 2020? Yeah. I said, right after spring break, I'm going to start talking to mm-hmm. schools and stuff. See, yeah. well, where can I fit in now? What Dang. And I shut it down. COVID came in. And then that fall, last fall, I had kind of a year where I had mm-hmm. some health issues. Yeah. I actually got COVID in the spring on top of other things. So I kind of got separate. Everybody got separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as we come back in together, we still have to deal with this COVID issue. <clears throat> At least I do, and uh, but I crave. I, I put the a desk in of the flame division. It's jumpathon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're the the only division that got to do the presentation with our lighted jump ropes, thanks to Miss Alexa Bruner. She got those ropes, and I told her, you know, I told her that was my dream to be able to do that presentation. She got them, and boy, I tell you what, when they did that presentation, y'all. I looked at the disc, and I watched him do that, and it just made me go, do it again, you know. <laughs> I was hungry to be that back in there, you know, working again and all that. But retirement came at the right time for me. But I do miss being around, y'all, and I, I just, the COVID thing, just mm-hmm. too much separation last year, and I thrive on being with my Bulldogs. At Darcy and Nick's wedding, being around all the kids, it was just like they don't understand what my heart does. Mm-hmm. I've said it so many times when I see y'all perform, whether it's in band, athletics, you know, y'all can bring a tear. Actually, my eye will water, and it, a tear will go down my cheek. It just, it just happens. When I play, it happens. I see y'all. I can see y'all growing up. I can see y'all coming into school. Uh, so. At the wedding, uh, I was holding, you know, there I was watching the wedding, and I told Mr. Wilson when uh, him and Mr. and Miss Wilson, mm-hmm. they walked up to the front together, and he was giving his parents a hug, and boop, there comes that tear. <laughs> so I said, well, <laughs> you know, that's just the way I feel. That's the bond, mm-hmm. and even though I'm retired, I, that bond's never going anywhere. It's it's built out mm-hmm. yeah. forever, and. With y'all, and with my last kindergarten group, the Anchor Division will be in fourth grade this year. Is that crazy? 
a fourth grade. That's the anchors. Right. They're going to be in fourth grade. And I'm thinking, man, I, I want to get in there before y'all all graduate. <laughs> I want to be back with y'all and doing things. So with that being said, well, do you think there's a chance that you might come back? Or do you think... As a coach? As anything in the school system. Well, yeah. As a, I just want to be there with y'all. Mm-hmm. And whatever I can do and inspire and assist, you know, a principal, a teacher, a counselor. I have, uh, I did drive some of our students to Tioga and Whitesboro last year. Mm-hmm. I had some students that were going over there to do their schooling. And and that's that was more of a job. I want to be more in a uh, inspirational counseling, yeah. that yeah. role type thing. As long as I got it, I want to be there giving it right here. Black and white, bulldog dynamite. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite quote? Well, I like... Bring the hammer, you know, because mm-hmm. to me, y'all are the hammer of hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your dads, your moms, your uncles, your aunts, your brothers, your cousins, and you, this is the hammer of hell. This is when our band marches, when our athletes hit the courts and the fields, when I see y'all stand up in a one-act play, or I see you stand up in a spelling bee, when I see the Bulldogs going into action, when I see you walking up the hallways of the schools, when I see you in the classes and you're listening to your teachers, and, and don't even talk about graduation, mm-hmm. I'll start tearing up. <laughs> High school graduation is Mount Olympus. It's huge. So, what was the question? I forgot. <laughs> your favorite quote. Your favorite quote. Yeah. Oh, that's when I say bring the hammer. Yeah. The you. Bulldogs, they are the hammer and how and they're going to bring the hammer in everything they do. Bring the hammer down. Nice. And take the flame to the top. To the, yeah. That's my bulldog quote. It's a good take quote. flame to the top and bring the hammer down. We're going to need to put that on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. Yeah. Take the flame to the top and bring the hammer down. All right. So we got two more questions for you. Uh, the first one is, one of the things that you've always done is give your fourth grade students who will be in, in the middle school the next year an encouraging handwritten note. So my siblings also have ours, and a couple of us even have framed them on our wall. So what made you first start writing those, and did you know at the time how much they would mean to your students? When my son's class was in the fifth grade, and I was still doing K through five, mm-hmm. and the fifth grade went to the where the administration building is now. That was the old middle school. Yeah. That's for fifth and fifth through eighth. Yeah. So I had them in fifth grade, and I'd already been here. They were the first. Remember, I told you they were the first group that I told them, "You're the lightning bolts. You're the lightning division." Now my other groups ahead of them, I named them all, but not when they were with me. Yeah. From there down, I'd already started giving them a name after that first year with the kindergartners, and they were the first graders, and I gave them. So that's where I got the idea, since they were the lightning bolts. I wanted to give everybody something. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, I can't afford a new car for <laughs> <laughs> So I, I came up with the idea to get the card. On one side had your division, the lightning division. And then the back side, I was going to write a note to each Bulldog person. And that's when it started. And after that, I did it for every group down and the year that came where my athletic schedule was changing, 
So I had to, uh, I added, I became high school and junior high. Mm-hmm. So I had to take the fifth grade out and put the junior high in. So that fourth grade class, I wrote two divisions cards that year for that fifth grade and for the fourth grade group that was going to be fifth grade. Yeah. And uh, that fifth grade group was Sabre Division. And uh, so uh, Thunder and Sabre and uh, uh, Rocket. Rocket. So the Rocket Division got a fourth grade card. Then I was doing K through four. Mm -hmm. In my last year, I thought, what am I going to do next year? And I wrote K through four. That was about close to 500 cards. Oh, my. Holy cow. (laughs) Wow. Did your hand hurt? My eyes were straining. (laughs) That's a lot of notes, but that shows how much you care about all your students. Uh, And I think that leads perfectly into our last question. A lot of people have a favorite Coach Simmons story, like personally. What do you want to be most remembered by? Well, for all the things that I ever said and ever did, I would like for all the kids to remember me as like they've had, I know they've had teachers and coaches other than me, but from Coach Simmons, my most inspirational coach I ever had from all my athletic days all the way through four years of college was Hal Porter. In my senior year, I had him at Anna. And one day in the spring, during a track, I was the only person out there, I was practicing a disc. We sat down by the fence and we had a talk, a talk about life. And he helped me. He was just such an inspirational coach to mm-hmm. hope. Mm-hmm. He was my number one. He gets up and he walks across that football field and I stay by the fence. As he walked across, I said, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. I want to be as special to the kids I coach as he is to me. So that's how I hope I'm remembered. That's awesome. Pretty legendary. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a huge honor. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Like any time, honestly. I told you if you have five or six more days. (laughs) I got a whole lot of stories. Well, (laughs) if you you want to come on again, just let us know or we'll let you know and we'll we'll get we'll get it set up. Well, I just like to say sick them dogs, sick them. Take the flame to the top and bring the hammer down. Thanks for joining us. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back right after this. First Baptist Church of Howe Services on Sunday morning is an awesome place to be, with Bible fellowships and a main service for everyone. The main service consists of worship by Art Rayburn and a sermon by Roger Tidwell. The fellowships begin at 9.15 for the adults, youth, and kids to enjoy the teachings of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. The main service also starts at 10.30 after. During these uncertain times, the First Baptist Church of Howe has your back on 100 Davis Street in Howe, Texas. If you are craving some fried rice, egg rolls, boba tea, 
beef teriyaki, or my favorite, sesame chicken, then Hannah's Cafe and Market is for you. It's the newest restaurant in town, and for all you Bulldogs, there is a 10% student discount for a limited time. Hannah's Cafe and Market is located at 105 South Denny Street in Howe, just north of the First Baptist Church. You can find them on Facebook or call at 903-532-0529. Hannah's Cafe and Market. Go dogs! Welcome back to the How Podcast 101. I am your co-host, Jake Roberts, joined alongside... Other co-host, Lucas Mitchell, and we're joined alongside our engineer, Noah Riley. Wow. What an incredible interview, an incredible story. Amazing. I mean, an incredible bunch of stories. I mean, you could write a book off of that. Whoa. What? Idea. Ding. Idea. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess with that being said, we just got time for one more thing. Absolutely. And my one more thing is on our last video, on our last video... We had said something about DeMarcus. Well, actually, that was on the reaction video, so if you understand that. Yeah, the reaction video. So in order to get the um, context of that, you have to go to our reaction video. Lucas will put a thing up there because yes, yes, I'll tell him how to do that. And, uh, yeah. And so uh, you can click on that, and you can mm-hmm. look at the video, and we say DeMarcus in one of it because there's a... And we're like, whoa, because Malin said um, DeMarcus. DeMarcus Lawrence. Yeah, whatever. Football player. Very good football and player. And about that, uh, so this is DeMarcus. <laughs> Um, Lap track. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he did it right. He did it right. Yeah. yeah that deserves an applause. That deserves absolutely 100%. So DeMarcus is someone who was on the mission trip, and we found him at Beautiful Feet Ministries. And so apparently Kara and Gage fought over him. There was a big war over him. Uh, people paid money. And J- Jake no, got scammed. I got, I got freaking scammed. Yeah, so he, he had, I'll give you five dollars if you get the if you get the Marcus back, and then I get the Marcus back. I stole it. Give him $5. I stole it out of Gage's pocket. I, I snagged it. I got it, and then the five dollars was nowhere to be found. And then I I had my revenge, and then Gage got it back. Yeah, and ba- basically, he's pretty just cool. hanging out now at the youth building. He's just here. Oh, okay. Well, wow. That's my one more thing. <laughs> okay, now my one more thing. <laughs> Noah, your your hair. I'm sorry. I had to point that out. Um, camera funny. can't see it. I know, oh, but no. I can. <laughs> my camera cameraman <laughs> Noah here. <laughs> um, yeah. So my one more thing. We were listening to uh, sermon. Me and Lucas were. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about. No idea how that. Got. That's pretty odd. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Whatever. We were listening to. Yeah. There's like a bunch of this weird black stuff like floating everywhere. Okay. Um, yeah, now we're gonna get to him. Okay, yeah. We were listening to the sermon, yes, and Lucas yes, Dean yes, Mitchell. Yes, yes. And we were, um, and he he was telling stories about how to know if the Bible was true. Yeah. And he was giving like scientific proof. Uh huh. So here's here's where it gets a little interesting. So those of you that don't know, you know how old cultures thought that the world was. Uh, a lot of people thought it was flat, but yeah. a lot of people thought it was round. But then it was held on something like something carried its weight. So. And this isn't a joke. This is like actually real. The ancient Hindus, is that correct? Uh, okay, I'm, I don't. I think it's ancient Hindus. They thought that the Earth was suspended on giant elephants, floating. And but then, hold on, I got it. I got it. But but then someone like they asked the question. They were like, "Well, what's the what's the elephant like standing on? Like, what's the elephant on?" And they were like, "Uh," and I'm I'm sure this was spontaneous. So like turtle, a big turtle. Yeah. Right. But then but then then some genius was like. Well, um, what's the turtle on? 
And then they were just like, uh, giant snake. Big snake. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the Einstein of the group was like, well, <laughs> what's the snake on? And then they were like, oh, it swims around in the cosmic sea. And they were like, and I was like, what does that even mean? But then he tied it all back together, and it was pretty cool. But, like, I, I guess that's the main part that I was going to say. And Oh, I was going to say yeah, the elephants. Add to it. Go when ahead. When the elephants, uh, apparently when the elephants, like, shook or something, it would create <laughs> yeah. earthquakes. Yeah. But imagine how many earthquakes there would have to be. Elephants right? move so much. So I, I just don't even understand. What is their thought process? They were like, <laughs> oh, giant Ele elephants. <laughs> the elephant gods. <laughs> like, I don't even understand the thought process. Okay, Noah, go ahead. Alright, my one more thing is that the original publication run of the Nancy Drew Mystery Series consists of 56 books, and Not out of all 56 Machine. titles, the letter M is used 39 times. That's Why is that even, that's like so weird. One did more thing. Did you watch that video Random of knowledge. the useless information again? Okay. Uh... You it's guys want 20 video. minutes? No, it's not. It's literally, it. it's literally titled 20 minutes of useless 30, information. 30 oh. solid minutes of useless information. <laughs> solid. solid minutes. Um, it's a pretty good video. I, I, I did want to give you a preview of what we've got um, lined up for next week and the week after that. Next week, we are going to be having the voice of the Hal Bulldogs, Monty Walker, on to give us a preview of how season, how it's going to go, and get it how it's going to go. That was pretty funny. Yeah, so I'm 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 excited for that. I think that's gonna be a good interview. I, it's less of an interview and more of he'll be telling. Okay, that was awkward. He'll be telling us. This is a train wreck, guys. Um, <laughs> he'll be telling us about how season and how he thinks it's going to go. Wow, that is a lot of how. Um, Noah is shaking his head at me. Wow, that's a lot of how. <laughs> I mean, it was. It was a great point right there. Um, how yeah. does that even work? You're just confused. I'm just going to... Okay. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, continue to listen. Please, please share. Share this with one person. I know everyone can do that. One if you're person. Still, if you're still listening at this point, share it with one person. If you have social media, share it with a billion people. If share you have it with your one social person. security, share that with that person. Do no, not do that. Don't. <laughs> yeah, so share it with one person. That would really make our day. And we would love to see this um, message that Coach Simmons had, like, yeah. spread over. And it was really... It was It was great. Yeah, it was It was one of our best interviews. Um, I put it up there with the top ones. Um, so we'll be back next week. Monty Walker, we've got a lot of NFL news to um, discuss. Dak Prescott back into training camp, their first NFL game. We'll be back with NFL overreactions and underreactions next week, which I'm actually really excited about. We haven't done that in forever. We're going to have things to talk about. I know. We won't just like random. I mean, I mean, we've always had a lot of stuff to talk about. Always. Always. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you so much for listening. That's going to do it for the show. For me, Jake Roberts. And for me, Lucas Mitchell. And for me, Noah Ryan. We're signing off for now.